0: Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. You're a vampire, Tim. You wait until mom finds out, buddy. You're a vampire, Andy. You wait till mom finds out, buddy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I, we get together, we talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classics down to that rare gem that can turn noodles into worms with its mind at the back (laughs) of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are traveling back to the... Peak of the 80s from 1987. It's the last boys. Tim, what's the worst crowd you've ever hung out with? How present company excluded, right? Right, right.
1: Um, mm, I'm gonna have to be a little bit careful. Long list here, yeah. Okay, (laughs) so there are some surrounding cities to ours. and uh, I, I used to spend time there. And these are people I'm not even sure, you know, when you talk about a bad crowd, I'm not even sure that it's always their fault. Like they just grew up that way. Yeah. But people that commit crime regularly, uh, people that have parties that large amounts of gang members come to. Yeah. Um, and I uh, heard about those staying up late for whatever reason and then wanting to stay up longer and going to a trailer park to buy supplies, to make that happen (laughs) like these kinds of people, uh, you know, it just doesn't make you feel good about yourself. The gang, the gang thing was kind of, I don't want to say scary, but it's, it's a legit thing. Like, I remember being at a party with several gang members and I was, I had brought a former gang member with me who was a friend of mine. Yeah. And he was, I mean, people might just kind of laugh this off, but like these gangs start early, like 12, 13 years old. So um, he had gotten out of it by the time he was maybe mid teens, I Mm -hmm. guess. But this was a, you know, a handful of years after that. But, we were sitting around, and the way that I was looking at it from a removed perspective was like turning to my buddy and being like, "They're in a gang." It, you also were in a gang. Like, I mean, have I, a lot in common. Yeah, I didn't come right out and say it, but I started like trying to kind of bring him into the fold because to me, that's what you do in a social social situation. You find familiarity right. with like different parties. But um, he looked at me with just an absolute death glare, like. Do not say anything about this, because even though you might be allowed to leave the gang, they're never really big fans of people who leave the gang. And if they knew that and one of them even looked at him and said, like, do I know you? Like, are you are you from the hood? Do I know you? And he's just like, nope, nope. I'm I'm from Hobart. Like, (laughs) never, never seen you before. (laughs) Um, But uh, but yeah, so that that was a little scary. I actually got into a rap battle with some of them.
0: And you lost, I'm assuming. Uh, well, I lost, but only because <laughs> No, actually, I take that back. I mean, you, you no, are a very good. good lyricist.
1: And I but I tripped up because I got to a certain word that I didn't realize I had written into my rap that might have been insulting to the people that were listening to it, so I had to like quickly change it and they're like, "Ah, you fucked up. So um, but no, it uh it was exciting, but yeah, I you know, I I've been I think on both sides of that coin. I think I've been around tougher crowds, and I think I might have even represented to other people like <laughs> the people that they would, you know, be fearful of hanging out with. Yeah. Um, so I've probably been both. Um, but you know, I've never been in a situation, I'm trying to think. Socially, if I've ever been anywhere that I felt like genuinely scared or threatened, not because like the cops are coming or anything like that, but just like that the people there were threatening or menacing in some way. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, when you've got a good sense of humor, you can diffuse a lot, you know, before things get crazy. That's true. But I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen people fight before. I, I one time saw, um, it was hanging out with some, I wouldn't call this a bad crowd, but just rougher guys. And, one of them walked in front of uh, one guy who was playing a video game. And the guy that was playing the video game was a little miffed about that because, I mean, it was he was getting somewhere with it and he was right. trying to pay attention. And uh, so he kind of just makes it sound like, ugh, you know, like kind of just pissed. And uh, the, uh, the kid that walked across just goes, fuck you. And he goes, fuck me? Fuck you. And he put the controller down, picked the guy up, wrestled him to the ground, Pulled his sock off, opened up the window, shoved this kid out of the window, was holding him out, shoved his own sock in his mouth and was holding him out of the window, which I know sounds complicated. Like, (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) of steps there. But I I was just sitting there like, you know, just kind of frozen. Um, Oh, and one time I was sitting, I was eating a veggie whopper. I was in an apartment (laughs) And uh right I a
0: fight class. I had
1: I had one friend on one side of me, another friend on the other. and they too were were friends. What I didn't realize though, was that, um, the one friend had it in his mind that the buddy on the other side of me had introduced his ex-girlfriend to some new guy. Okay. So one guy just recently breaks up with a girl. And then the other guy that he thinks is the one that was behind the breakup is there. Uh-huh. So the guy, start. So, and they're saying this across my body, like one sitting in a chair, I'm sitting on a couch. The other friend is on the other side of me on the couch. And, uh, and it got, it got a little ugly because, um, Oh, what was it? The the guy that had been introduced to the girlfriend was of a a certain race. Uh Uh-huh. And so uh, the one guy started out with, uh, I think I'm going to go out tonight and uh, find me a blank and, you know, (laughs) kick some ass. It just kind of leading into it, trying to sure. scare the guy, like, let sure. him know. And there was kind of that. And I looked over and the guy's just looking down and he's shaking his head. And he's like, come on, don't like, don't do this, you know? And so the other guy was just ribbing him and ribbing him. And then eventually just launched himself over me and just started pounding the shit out of the guy.
0: Jesus. Just,
1: and you know, both of these guys, by the way. Oh, um, Yeah. And, uh, I mean, punching him in the face to where the other guy was just turtled up and just taking it. And the size of the guy that was doing the hitting, like, everybody else in the room was not going to do a damn thing. I immediately just stood up, kept eating my veggie whopper, but just walked to the other side of the room and watched. Um, So, yeah, I've been around – around some stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, why not- do you
0: think you're drawn to that? Cuz I can think of zero scenarios I've been in like that <laughs> <laughs> and you're struggling to find the top one. Well, you know <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I it's in I, I grew up in a in a nice family and, you know, and everything, you know, I I'm not going to sit here Very
0: and, nice. I'm yeah, I'm not going to say God. that
1: like I, you know, lived on some war-torn streets of of you know some
0: i mean you lived in Hobart, uh, right yes yeah well yeah you call it that
1: <laughs> but it's like uh but at the same time as a kid i was introduced to certain elements like i remember going to my grandma's house and um we walked in just for a, a visit and she kind of she was crying and she ran to the back of the house and my mom was saying like you know mom what's wrong what's wrong you know and my uncle had been stabbed the night before, and like thrown out onto the lawn after he was stabbed. Oh, um, so yeah, there's there's a you know <laughs> there's there's a, a an element there where, as a kid, I suppose I was introduced to some stuff that, as I got older, you know, it, once like, you've had I miss it, miss those. Like, I'm nostalgic for. Some- <laughs> Some violent drama. Hey, you get one, you know, you got to just rip the Band-Aid off. You get your first <laughs> uncle stabbing out of the way.
0: Everything is just downhill from there. Yeah. Can't yeah. Say I've had an uncle get stabbed. No. Um, uncles are lame. You, well,
1: yeah. I mean, you might have some that you wish got stabbed. Yeah. But
0: uh, like one probably got like a patent denied. That's probably like the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened to him. Stabbed in the heart then, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. metaphorically speaking. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I think that. um I think one thing that I've found is that when I've been around quote unquote tougher people or, or people that you would be fearful of or suspicious of or whatever, you can just tell that these people rarely is anybody just born bad. You know, right. they, they probably come from, you know, poverty. Um, they probably don't have a lot of support, you know, and um and so they just kind of look at the world in a little bit more of uh, I'm gonna get you before you get me. Right. Which is just kind of how you would probably have to live if you came up that way.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh I but I Or I, is it just taught to them that they have to live that way? And hence the, that's how the cycle continues. Probably. Don't let anyone disrespect you. And if they do, shoot them or punch them or right. bite them. Yeah. Well, yeah. What does disrespect mean? Anything you want. Any anything you could turn anything into you're, you just disrespected me well yeah I mean I
1: remember uh, Johnny Depp talking about how his mom he was complaining about being bullied at school and his mom said the next time that happens just look around and pick up the heaviest thing that you can and hit them over the head with it <laughs> And, you know, probably this wasn't introduced to the Amber Heard trial. Um, <laughs> right. But, but I think, you know, if somebody shits in your bed, it's like, yeah, you should probably hit her with something. Um, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, but,
0: but no, I you're, but you hit her with a lawsuit, Tim. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: That's it. But no, um, you're right though. I think, yeah, that's, and, and who knows the, somebody that might tell somebody that they have to live that way probably thinks that they're doing right by that kid to say, this is the way you have to be. Otherwise you're going to get hurt or walked all over or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'd never, um, yeah, I don't know. I, See in our in our town though we're we're pretty insulated here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there might be one or two kids in school that everybody was like, "Ooh, don't mess with that guy," um, but not much more than that. And even if that guy ever did much of anything to even deserve that, you know, yeah, um, maybe he just had a glare, like a mean, <laughs> a mean stare, uh, or long hair or whatever, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, but no, we're we're pretty insulated for what people see. Um, you know in in other areas of the country um and but I'll tell you what though I I do now this isn't like running with a bad crowd but I will never forget my first day at Roosevelt University Which was like, yeah, I guess you could say an inner city school. I mean, it's in a nice part of Chicago, but um, (laughs) I would
0: not say that's an inner city school. (laughs) Well, by definition, it's a city school. It's a in a city. Yeah. On Michigan Michigan Avenue. Um, I mean, the south end of Michigan (laughs) Avenue for sure. Right. But um, but
1: I was in like I went there. It's primarily an art school, so it's
0: more north than Columbia College. And yeah. I went there and did not feel <laughs> well. I'll tell you though.
1: But in my in my theater classes, it was all you know, just everything that you would think it would be, yeah. and it was lofty and exciting and neat, and it was cool. But in the gen ed classes, it was absolutely like what you remember seeing in like I don't know stand, stand in the yeah. <laughs> like i mean people just whipping like wads of paper at the teacher talking at really oh it was abs- i was sitting there i in could not believe class yes Why? the the professor's name was daisy full of love When well, oh, no <laughs> i got to get it right daisy full of love Ballsey was her last name daisy balsy but her yeah, everything that she wrote had her middle name in
0: there, which was Full of Love. Is that was that a real middle name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Daisy
1: Full of Love, Ballsy. And uh was like, I don't know, maybe 87, and just an elderly woman who I don't even know if she understood what was going on in the room or yeah. anything in her life or reality. But yeah, it was crazy, like people just insulting each other across the room. You know, what, this is a woman born in like
0: 1920 and her parents gave her the middle name full of love, full of love, F-U-L-L-I-L-O-V-E, full of love. Wow.
1: Ballsy. ahead of their time. <laughs> full of love, ballsy. Yes. Um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, it's it's stuff like that happens. I mean, you know, even when I think I told the story before where um, I, I mean, this wasn't a bad thing. It was actually really nice. But I was on the beach once throwing a football around and, um, and there was a bunch of kids like, you know, whatever, 10 years younger than me or whatever. And um, so they started playing along and, and everything and playing catch and, you know, running routes and throwing passes and stuff. And um, the one of them said like, oh, that's my brother over there. or "Yeah, He's my brother over there. And I'm like, wow, you, you have a really big family. And he's like, no, we're all orphans. And it just my heart and he like said it like so nonchalantly, like before he ran off to go back with him. He's like, no, we're all orphans. And then just turns and like runs to catch up with the pack. And I'm just like, oh, my God, is this still real? But of, of course it is, you know. But, yeah, there there is a reality out there that is thankfully, you know, well, thankfully, we'll never have to see just how hard it is. But yeah. yeah,
0: I noticed you don't really hang out with a motorcycle gang. You don't really know any. I mean, I'm sure you know some, but yeah, I can't say even, I've ever been like oh, Tim's with his motorcycle gang friends <laughs> tonight. Well, that was funny.
1: The The first time that I was at a, uh, a local establishment and they had a display case with a bunch of union shirts in there for local 81 and I just turned to the owner and I said, wow, you're a real big supporter of the union. And he just kind of laughs. And he's like, what's the, cause it was local 81. What's the eighth letter of the alphabet. And I kind of thought through it. I'm like H and he's like, what's the first letter of the alphabet. And I'm like, a, and then he's like, there you go. And it was the hell's angels. Oh,
0: not a yeah. comedy group. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ha. Ha. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that was cool. We but get no. those funny horns on our motorcycles. <laughs> But, um, you can't hear it over our obnoxious motors, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, right. Um, no,
1: I, uh, I am fascinated by motorcycle gangs. I think that it's (gasps) it's interesting. I do.
0: I mean, probably not in the same sense. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what a bunch of fucking losers. Oh, I love them. Fucking sad ass (laughs) grown men (laughs) who. I love it. so sad. Motorcycle gangs are the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: It's sadder than the group of orphans that I was playing football with? Way
0: sadder. They had no control over it. These guys chose this life. (laughs) They're like, I wish wish there were more people like me that obnoxiously rode my motorcycle around for no apparent reason. (laughs) Other than to be like, I don't know if you knew I had this motorcycle, but check me out. I do. I think it was born out of the license for it and everything.
1: I think. And that's one thing that I never did get for the three motorcycles that I owned. I never actually had a license, Um, but uh, no, I think it was from what I understand, it was born out of like post-World War II. So you, you miss the camaraderie of like the battalion or whatever your platoon. And Uh so you kind of just form these like a fraternal group. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah. Great. You just don't know. uh, You know, we're not post World War. I mean, I guess technically we are. We're post like seven other wars at this point, though. Well, the thing, though, is that. Yeah, good point. They Uh, aren't really doing that for that anymore.
1: The one thing that is I feel like ripped off in this world uh, is that I don't know if it was just one show that I saw and it just really affected me or if I saw it a couple of times. But I was convinced that. The first thing that motorcycle gangs do is ride motorcycles. Yeah. The second thing that they do is have parties where naked women are bounced on a sheet that everybody holds the <laughs> sure, sheet. Yeah. And uh, I just I've never seen that happen. <laughs> they don't have to be fully naked, but like, you know, not wearing much scantily clad. Sure. But uh yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anybody even fully clothed. I haven't seen a man bounced on well, a wait, sheet. Well,
0: did you get to go to these parties ever? It's not mm-hmm. like they're doing that while they're riding around. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, no, good point. Yeah, maybe I just have to go to the parties. They do it at their big bonfire where they, you know, they neatly line every bike up next to each other. And yeah. <laughs> my get favorite up. biker gang is from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's about it. Uh, I don't remember a bi- Oh is it Come on Well you didn't remember yeah, Now it's my turn <laughs> Tequila Do you remember The tequila scene In Pee-wee's Big Adventure Yes Listen, Oh yeah what, Between the saxophone guy In Lost Boys And the Biker gang In Pee-wee's Big Adventure One had a huge Cultural impact And one's just Kind of a funny thing From a movie <laughs>
1: I'm going to say that every sexu- child
0: knows the song Tequila because of Pee Wee's Big
1: Adventure. Well, that's true. That's that's a good point. And is that dance sexual?
0: Yeah. He's just pointing at his dick and his butt the whole time. <laughs> right. As sexual as Pee Wee Herman can get. I mean, that's it. Well, he can get more sexual. Trust he's me. Like, I know what you guys are into. <laughs> just hang out with a bunch of guys all day.
1: Dicks and butts. Maybe that's how he tells his friends that he wants to go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pee Wee! Oh, I love. Paul Remember that Vince. seeing that seeing that uh, that mug shot for the first time with the long hair, oh, yeah, and, like, goatee action going <laughs> yep. on. Yeah, he's an interesting so The director dude. of Buffy. Went yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what um, I need. It's what I, I mean. That guy, he, he kind of came up with some of the, what the the groundlings. Yeah,
0: he was a groundling.
1: Yeah, and had that like massively. It's funny to hear people talk about Pee Wee's Playhouse now. It's like as time goes on, more people that were involved in that become like famous or oh, yeah. go on to other things.
0: Lawrence Fishburne.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of like. Was that thing just absolute lightning in a bottle? Of, and was that all him? Like, was that just born? I mean, his? essentially,
0: yeah. Because he, um, <laughs> quick tangent about Paul Rubens, <laughs> Lost Boys episode. Uh, but yeah, he was. You know, he had been in the the Groundlings group, and he was like successful. Yeah. And then one night, he just kind of came up with this character and came out and did a whole routine on it, and people were like. This is the greatest thing we've ever seen. And then he yeah, he developed a stage show, the uh it wasn't Pee-Wee's Playhouse, but I can't remember what it was called. And I remember they did an HBO special for it, and I remember watching that as a kid before Pee-Wee's Playhouse or Big Adventure came out. Uh and, you know, like Phil Hartman was in it. All those original oh, groundling yeah, people yeah, are yeah, in it. Yeah. yeah. Um You know, that was the the introduction of like, they had mirrors on their shoes, and they would stand next to... Like, it was pretty raunchy. Like, it was not the kids <laughs> the kids show that we know today. Right, right. But, I mean, he's a smart guy, and he's like, I could probably make a killing, like, appealing more to children. Because right. he is a childlike guy. Yeah. You know, there's no sex ever in it. Yeah. Um. Even though women seem to fall over Pee Wee, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, that's part of the joke, I think. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, it was just kind of born out of a... A character he came up with and then it just fucking exploded. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the show And then he would just would never break the, that just became him. Like he would never he would go on talk shows as Pee-wee.
1: Yeah, right. Well yeah, they didn't want to talk to nobody knew. If yeah. you said Paul Rubens, they wouldn't have any idea right, who you were yeah. talking about. He's yeah. like Nathan
0: Fielder now, where like well, can anyone does anyone know what Nathan Fielder is actually like? Do you know who Nathan Fielder is? No. Oh shit. Have you you ever heard of Nathan for you? No. Oh, Tim. Nathan Fielder. My God. You are about to enter a world of awesomeness. <laughs> he's a Canadian guy, Canadian comedian. Yeah. Super dry. And his first show, he's got a show on HBO right now, which is amazing. Uh-huh. But his first show is called Nathan for You. And just the premise of it is, is like I he like went to Canadian business school and got really good grades. So he goes and helps struggling businesses, but he comes up with these like dumb, elaborate ideas one of the best ones ever which got even he'll admit like it got out of hand was there was a guy he had a struggling coffee shop and so he's like what if we took and he's very dry and he talks like this like this is the whole show and but he's like what if we use parody law and do we call your store dumb Starbucks and everything in it is like a dumb latte everything is just, you just completely copy starbucks <laughs> yes. but just went dumb in the front of it and in that episode the guy's like mm, i'm not comfortable with this but he was like it was kind of a good idea so he he himself like just ran with it and it was open for like two days like literally two days before starbucks eventually was like shut this shit down <laughs> like they're too powerful even they 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 oh, you know oh, oh are, are, are above parody law yeah um there's that I mean just like little little things like he uh there was one he had a our friend Eric and I were just talking about it this morning cuz I'm try I've been trying forever this is so up Eric's alley this guy. <laughs> uh there's one he just was texting me about this morning where he goes to a caricature artist who's not you know as he's like it's really hard being a caricature artist cuz you know some people don't like how you draw them or whatever and he's like what if you really went far like just got very offensive and then, so he did like he anytime it's like uh an asian person he would draw them with like big buck teeth oh and like boy. a bomb coming out of them and it says pearl harbor under it oh yes uh there's one and so he like set up on like the boardwalk or whatever it would do a, a few of these uh there's one you know where it's like a couple and it'll be like he's fucking the woman from behind and the guy is like looking at a hummingbird going what a huge penis you know just like (laughs) where's and people are just like these are amazing like people fucking loved them um but yeah nathan for you and right now he's got a show on hbo called the rehearsal which is it's such an out there concept but it's like people who want to like Maybe they have a secret and they want to confront someone about it and be like, hey, here's something I needed to talk to you about it. So he will set up this elaborate recreation of how they're going to do it and just run rehearsals for them to do it. But it's I mean, I can't I can't explain his the weird humor he brings to it because it's all it's also kind of self-deprecating. Like, of course, he's playing a character who is like. Really super awkward. People don't like being around him, you know, but he takes everything very seriously. Oh, yeah. And then the end of that caricature episode, the guy does one of Nathan and he gets really offended. He's like, I wasn't uh, I don't think that was nice. Like how you drew. (laughs) That's awesome. But it is what you're saying. It is an act that he's doing like this. This actor is not like this guy. Yeah. But I've never seen him. Like, now I've seen Paul Rubens be Paul Rubens. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever just seen Nathan Fielder just talking normally to someone.
1: And maybe that's for the best because there is nothing worse than when you see somebody who's absolutely hilarious and then you see him on a talk show and you're like – Oh, my God. Like, if they're not just ripping jokes one right after another, it's like, this is kind of a really boring person.
0: There's a great clip of Gilbert Godfrey calling into, like, Howard Stern's producer. You heard that? He's like, hey, Gary, it's me. I'm just going to be in tomorrow at noon. It's so (laughs) weird. It's the craziest thing. Rip Gilbert Godfrey.
1: Yes. But, like, um, yeah, no, there's nobody wants to see, especially comedians. Nobody wants to see them outside of what we know them for. Right. Like even, and the best ones will know that like when Will Ferrell goes on a talk show, he's like, I have nothing to offer as Will Ferrell, but I'll come out and we'll do a bit <laughs> right. and then people love it. and It'll be great, you know, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a normal dude. Um, yeah. Like in there are even some comedians that if they're not, it's not just that they're not funny. It's that they seem kind of like gruff, like if they're not doing their bits or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah and some of them are, I'm trying to think of an example, but like. You know, even like uh I don't know if it was um Dan Aykroyd or like Jerry Lewis, I'm trying to think it was like some like relatively well known comedian, and I saw them on a talk show and I'm like, they just seem like mean. Right. You know, or even like, you know, Joe Pesci is more became has become more of an actor. I remember him more when he was a comedic actor. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. I mean Joe Pesci? Yeah. When he had that string of like, like- Raging Bull? Well, I mean, there's that. But I mean, like, then there was that 80s string where it was like, he was the funny guy in Lethal Weapon. Well, yeah, he did did Home Alone
0: and then was like, I've got a thing going here. Yeah, Yeah, he did do a string of comedies. So when you
1: see him on a talk show and he's not funny at all, (laughs) um, then it's just kind of like, ugh, like it's a little off-putting. But, um, no, uh... Boy, where did we start yeah, vampires, with vampires <laughs> anyway?
0: Paul Rubens played a vampire he in did. a movie before, he so I thought yes. so we'd bring it back around to that. Yeah, uh, funny horns on uh, vehicles.
1: Yeah, yeah, with the motorcycles, and now Grandpa.
0: Yeah, there was a biker uh, gang, and that's how we got to it. The yeah, biker was, gang and yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I've already forgotten. We <laughs> talked about it. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, anyway, biker gangs are weak. So let's yeah. talk about the Lost Boys. <laughs> You're going to get us killed. That's fine. I'll hear them coming an hour away, so yeah. I'm not too worried. Loud pipe save Yeah, vibes. they can't not be like, I go! Yeah, they can't. There's a great South Park episode. They can't episode. do anything without hooting and hollering. There's this great South Park episode on biker gangs where they just call them a gay slur through the whole episode. Oh, whoa. Well, <laughs> just yes. everyone in town is just like, <laughs> look at these. Yeah, right. Here come the F-words. <laughs> and they're very loud and obnoxious. Anyway. Let's get into the Lost Yes, him from 1987. Here's the Wikipedia fakes. <clears throat> so this was written by uh Janice Fisher, and James Jeremias, originally. But then they brought in Jeffrey Boehm to really rewrite it. He's really like the main writer. But they got a story credit. The first two and a writing credit. Directed by uh, the legend Sh- Joel Schumacher. It stars C- Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, Jamie Gertz, and introducing The Coreys. Financials, at a budget of $8.5 million. But, uh, box office, $32 million for 87 Huge. Nice. A big box office. Did not premiere number one. What? This is a number two premiere. Uh, second to what? The Living Daylights, James Bond. Ooh. How can you... Really? How can you even hope <laughs> to compete with Timothy Timothy Dalton James Bond,
1: <laughs> right? Like we need somebody who who comes off as more impotent uh, impotent
0: than yeah. uh, Roger Moore. Although, it was the *Living Daylights* that might have been the one with uh, walking, which was actually a pretty cool one. Was it as Zorn, and then uh, who was the like black model that was? Like, oh wait, are you talking View to a Grace Kill? Grace? That was View to a Kill. Oh, that was with Roger Moore. Yeah. Oh, Roger Moore. Uh Uh-huh. On the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. 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 But that wasn't the walking one. Was walking against Roger Moore? Maybe. All right. Yeah. There's like a helicopter scene. Guess what? You know what I also don't like apart from motorcycle gangs? James Bond movies. Really? Don't care. Do not give a shit. The first couple are golden GoldenEye. Amazing
1: doctor no the first couple uh, are yeah, great sure yeah they're yeah great.
0: but as far as like as a franchise i could give a rat's ass
1: they make misogyny look
0: real smooth well yeah they're really good at it yeah, yeah. um that's not why i mean i would i don't even care about that part of it. right it's like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do Nan some then we can get into some spoilers for whatever weirdo that hasn't seen this movie <laughs> Uh, Brothers Sam and Michael, along with their mother Lucy, have just moved into the small seaside city of Santa Carla. One night, while enjoying some saxophone entertainment on the boardwalk, Michael sees and falls for a young woman named Star. Unfortunately for Michael, Star seems to be involved with David, a young ruffian who is not only the leader of a local biker gang, but also the leader of the local vampire gang, (laughs) who seems hell-bent on turning Michael into a vampire. Meanwhile... Sam meets the Frog Brothers, two young comic lovers who warn Sam of the impending dangers of the local vampire community. Once Sam realizes that Michael's being turned, the group devise a plan to slay the head vampire, which could reverse Michael's curse. Can the kids thwart an immortal evil, or is Michael destined to become just another one of the Lost Boys? Yeah. A Peter Pan reference. Yes. Yeah. Thwart. 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 Yeah. Anytime you can work that in. So uh, I've seen this movie a hundred times, but I haven't seen it in twenty five years.
1: <laughs> yes, that, that makes for two of us then. Um and it's one of those movies that it feels like we've all probably caught scenes from it over the last twenty five years. Yeah. Well let's let's really get that math right. If, we, if we're talking about when it was on all the time, that would so it came so out in like 88,
0: on HBO non-stop. Okay, so how long ago was that then? Uh, 23 years. Oh, okay. Well, okay. You were right on then. 33 years. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 30, yeah. Dude, I was like, just recently I said something to someone about the 2010s, and I'm like, oh, it's the 2020s now. Like yeah, right. N- I'm a decade behind still. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so, okay, so over 30 years ago, so over that time, all of us have, like, caught enough glimpses of it, and we probably watched it in its entirety enough times that when we've caught these glimpses over the last 30 years, it feels like we've watched it front to back. <laughs> right. I mean, we had to have, right? Right. But yet we haven't, you know? <laughs> so when you go back and you watch it again, you're like, God damn, this is a ton of fun. Um for a, t- a lot of reasons, I mean, you've got a really nicely stacked cast, but you also have Joel Schumacher, who, like, I mean, that guy's just an entertainer. Is uh, some directors just yeah. don't give a shit about their audience? But I don't want to say he's of like, let's say, like a Spielberg class of of, of um, filmmakers. But no, they're they're but at, like just one tier under. Yeah, they're trying to. Their biggest goal is to not be like, I'm going to make this art, and you're going to like it or not. They're really out for the entertainment
0: yeah and um, he definitely has a vision that he is not ashamed of no matter what his movie is yeah and looking at you Batman and Robin yes yeah that vision (laughs)
1: being right at buttock level Uh, nipples (laughs) yeah yeah When I say I want enormous cod pieces, (laughs) I don't want any misunderstanding. Um, But no, he's an interesting guy. Went to Parsons School of Design in New York for all of you. um, uh, What is it? Uh, What's that show that I just referenced earlier? Um, Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No, (laughs) it was. um, uh, Oh, the uh, the design show, the uh, designing women. No, it no. was. Uh, it's the one with uh, Heidi Project Klum. Runway. Yes, okay. thank you. <laughs> Wait, that you
0: just mentioned. When did you mention that? When we were in the garage. You did? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. So, give his background. I gotta pee. I should have. Okay. Before we so,
1: <laughs> he went to Parsons School of Design and uh, had kind of an interesting upbringing, like. His parents had introduced him to drinking at a young age. I think he was nine. He was experimenting with a, a lot of substances. Finally, decided to clean himself up at a, at a relatively young age and get serious about this design school. So he goes. He graduates. He, you know, is dressing the windows at like one of the most, you know, famous clothiers uh, in in the city. And he's doing really well. He starts actually doing some costume design for films. He did uh, Sleeper for Woody Allen. Um, I think he did a couple others. And he was actually successful as a writer. He was kind of tapped to write a lot of what would be considered, um, I guess, sort of urban-type films, like uh, Car Wash and The Wiz um so I don't know
0: why they thought that this That blew me away. Yeah when I saw he wrote those movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. That uh yeah, there what... is nothing white about either of those movies.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing black about Joel Schumacher. <laughs> no. Right um,
0: Except that last name. Yeah, right. Of <laughs> course. <Yeah. laughs> So, and first name, really? I mean, right? No, uh, no. But he—he,
1: uh, he, by his estimate, has slept for, with uh, between ten and twenty thousand people over his lifetime. Wow! Yeah, and um, but then again, you know, if you were a gay dude and you were kind of successful and you were working in you know Hollywood and in fashion design, you probably could get laid just as much as you wanted to. And I'm not making any judgment about promiscuity of, of gay men, but I'm just saying... Well, like, I think
0: it's just of men. Right. That's the thing. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. We're just talking <laughs> about dudes here. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah.
0: They just happen to be yeah. gay.
1: There's not a lot of courting that needs to take <laughs> right. place.
0: But... Um, I think that's the big... Uh, confusion. People are always like, "Oh, gay men are so promiscuous." It's like, no, just men right, are. Yeah, yeah. But for a while, they weren't allowed to marry, so there was no reason for them to be monogamous at all. Have you ever seen
1: a lion ejaculate before?
0: No. <laughs> well, I've never seen it like
1: outside this of the our new bit
0: every week. We're like, check out this animal coming <laughs> when animals ejaculate. <laughs> But
1: um, they just give, like, such a roar. Um <laughs> roar? <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> that would be like a British one, a British <laughs> lion. You know, just kind of, like, sorry about it, you know, just. Whoa. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, but yeah, anyhow, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> It's just worth mentioning. But uh, so, yeah, he's sleeping with a lot of dudes. He's having a great time and he's building a career. And it was um, eventually he just worked his way into filmmaking. I think that that's what happens a lot. I think that's what what happens when people are like, I'll go get coffee for this director. And someday I'll direct movies, too. Like, you just kind of have to get into the business, which is what he did. And he met a bunch of people and he started having some success. And when the Lost Boys came along, like you said, There was that original script that was kind of a little bit more like the Goonies meets vampires, basically. Like all of the kids were, you know, like even preteen or close to it. And um, it was just going to be that kind of like ragtag, like got to save the town, but probably maybe eventually become friends with them or something ridiculous like that. Who knows? Um, But. You know they they get the script and then when it which was the con- Monster
0: Squad came out after this I think I that's think so. what kind of the Monster Squad became yes yeah which I still have not seen that movie well, maybe we'll do it someday yeah
1: um, I know that millennials just lose their goddamn minds over that movie really oh they love it like that's like their thing and they were they must have been little little yeah they were like four when that right movie but came they out. love it yes um, so. The script gets sold and it was going to be Richard Donner that was going to direct it. And what did Richard Donner do? Did he uh, do
0: Superman? Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how Joel Schumacher I say, would say that. Like, him. I'm so like, come on. And I'm like, uh, what other movies did he do? The Superman? Goonies? Yeah, The Goonies. He did The oh, Goonies. Oh, God. Yeah. OK. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, he's a perfect fit for it then. <laughs> what year did The Goonies come out? That 80, would
0: have been 86, okay. I believe. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, naturally, maybe. he would have been tapped for it. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, I, I think he just moved on to some other projects. It was a little delayed. He moved on to other things. And then um, it fell into Joel Schumacher's lap. And then he was the one that hired uh, Jeffrey Boehm. So, Jeffrey Boehm, a little bit of a, a horror background there. He wrote The Dead Zone. Oh, and he also wrote, uh, oh, uh, Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he's,
0: he's a pretty good writer, you yeah. know, successful. Speaking and, of Joe Pesci's comedy bits. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fuck you at the drive-thru. <laughs> My God, that's like the only time my parents let me swear is if I was saying they fuck you at the drive-through. <laughs> okay, okay okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. They fuck you at the drive-through. Um, yeah, it's so good. But
1: um, so yeah, so and and Schumacher gets his hands on it. and He's like, yeah, I get it. He's like, but I want it sexier. I want the the people a little bit older. I want to. I I want uh, to change a couple characters. Make this one character of star a girl, which. Probably had to happen because guess what? There's not a lot of women in this movie. No, but
0: you, you know, know what I noticed? There's less of what non-white people. Oh, that's true. I just was thinking about it today. Not that that's like no, this movie needs that, but I was just like, oh damn, like marry a black person in this movie?
1: You're not kidding. No. Like,
0: like literally the most ethnic- not even black, just nearly any minority. One of our vampires is made like Native American, but that's as close as we're getting. Right. Maybe Tim, Can, like Kiefer Sutherland's Canadian and, and British. That's <laughs> as non-American as we're getting.
1: Maybe Tim Capello, the Italian sax player. <laughs> right, like, yeah. yeah, like he's got some ancient Moor blood in him somewhere. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, uh, boy, he's got some hips on him. Um, yeah, he was Tina Turner's. Uh, yeah, uh, main. <laughs> and the thing sax is, it's opponent. it's kind of like as I was watching it, it dawned on me, like. When you first learn, if you learn anything about like baseball pitching, especially like when you get to the major league level, it looks like it's an action that's all in the arms. But anybody that really knows how to pitch will tell you that it starts from the lower half of the body and the hips, Yeah. which apparently is what saxophone playing is all about, you know, according to Tim Capello, yeah. because that guy can't play a note out of that thing <laughs> unless he's gyrating wildly uh, uncontrollably almost and uh, very shiny. That whole scene, man, I would have left.
0: I know. Well, that's what I'm like. What a what a snapshot of an era like were were there people who really did enjoy this type of music (laughs) to the point where they would stand around cheering? Or is this just a yeah, that's like, you know, because let me tell you something. If there's something I hate more than motorcycle gangs, it's saxophone and rock music. <laughs> Fucking get it out of here. I like the saxophone, cool instrument, can be used very well in jazz, funk, a lot of other a lot of other areas. Yeah. Rock? Get that shit out of here. I'm that way with banjos fuck like what whatever What's was like banjo and oh, rock music? Oh. oh
1: fucking 10 years ago when that's all you saw with like these oh like lumineers and all oh, this yeah, bullshit well, yeah, oh, all god things. i could yeah. throw up right now um but anyhow
0: i saw it <laughs> <laughs> When I saw. I was at Bonnaroo, I saw Childish Gambino blasted on mushrooms. It was awesome. And then I, I just remember it because then the next show was the main stage and it was uh, Mumford and Sons. And oh. I remember just my buddy guiding me through the crowd and me just being like, I just watched a man, an artist, <laughs> bear his soul to me on stage. Now I got to watch some... Fucking Brit dick around on a fucking banjo for two hours. Like I was so pissed off. <laughs> right? You shouldn't have had to watch that. No,
1: you absolutely shouldn't have. They should have been embarrassed. I
0: watch a half hour of it, and I was like, I'm going to the techno tent. Boom. Yeah. Did you dance? Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That would be
1: fun. It yeah, was. That a lot would of be fun. fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, saxophone. Yeah. So saxophones in this. <laughs> a saxophone. Um, but you're you're right, though. As I'm watching that scene, I'm like, it's not just that, like, and I'm sure it was Joel Schumacher saying, like, I need everybody to be really into this and, like, everybody really sure. excited. I need, like, a, a hot element, you know, and and some excitement and some heat. But, yeah, we have this. We should lay the scene. There's a boardwalk. There's this, like, awesome
0: fucking it's like boardwalk. It's the Santa Monica boardwalk in the second largest city of the world. <laughs> right. essentially. Not of the world, but of the country in a small town
1: yeah it makes you want to go down to your city government and be like what the fuck (laughs) are we doing wrong or you doing wrong yes because it looks super fun you know what was interesting though in those early um the the very earliest shots of the movie where they're going around um Santa Carla. That actually is Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, Yeah. They, so it is a like, and they didn't block it off. Like, I mean, those are real. Those were the, like, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to put a bunch of punks down here and stuff like those were the real people on the street. Sure. So that was kind of cool. Um, But yeah, it's this really neat setup and we get now. I, I want to bring this up now. Cause I know that you and I were kind of going back and forth on it a couple of days ago, but I firmly believe this is my hot take. Uh, stylistically, I believe that this is a proto nineties movie. <laughs> yeah, I do not. Think now somebody might say, get out of here. Like that, like this movie defines the eighties. Yeah. But what I'm saying is think of like what would have represented like, uh, like the epitome of like, Hot or popular or attractive, even just a couple of years earlier in like 16 Candles. Uh-huh. It was like the preppy people, the beautiful people, clean cut, rich, um, you know, immaculate, clean homes. Think of that whole 80s aesthetic with the glass block and the neon and the white and the clean lines and all that. Yeah. And then you usher in this movie, which well, is. Well, but
0: you're talking about an affluent family within that universe. There were definitely characters who wore. A black jacket with ten thousand zippers and buttons on it, and a bunch of shit in their hair. And well, that's true. Yeah, that's those true. those people were still there. But you're talking about a suburb of Chicago, <laughs> right? But I guess what I'm saying though, not is the that, hottest punk scene in the world for sure.
1: I guess what I'm saying is, is that like, like. For example, even um, I think even some of their music is in this movie, like in excess, like the the band, like even for Michael Hutchins to have like long hair, like yeah. that was wasn't even really popular at all at that point, it, what? except for like hair band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, like, <laughs> oh, th- except for uh, maybe the most popular movement of music <laughs> at the time. What I'm saying is it is had there- specific shows on MTV just to highlight that. Type of genre,
1: but what I'm saying is that in this movie, I believe that there is a more organic, a more like um, textured sort of, you know, the long hair, the jackets, the grunginess. I believe it's like a proto grunge movie.
0: Listen, I said this whole bit, and Nancy actually watched this with movie with me because she loves it because she also (laughs) was born. Yes, when we were, and you you, you know, you're 12 years old, and this movie comes out, and you're like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um. Yeah, I, I mentioned that, and she's like, "Well, maybe I see what he's saying." Yes. Boom. But hold on, <laughs> she's like, "Corey Villman's wearing that that flannel," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's the most she could get was like it's not like flannels didn't exist before the '90s." Well, that's so true. That's as '90s I think as this movie gets. Is one character wears a flannel one time? That is the only nineties thing (laughs) I recognize. More like the
1: vampires, like they're like grungy and like you know they're not like. No,
0: they're not. They're hair bandy. They've got giant hair that they do up with with hairspray. They are so eighties, man.
1: Well, I guess yeah, I could nineties
0: is yes, long hair, no product though, greasy, gross. Yeah,
1: no, it's a fair point. Fair point. Pretty boys. Yeah. Well, we're both right then,
0: um, but, <laughs> but but I will Listen, say this: you can interpret this art however you like, Tim. I'm not going to say you're wrong; and, I just think you're incorrect.
1: And even if it, it's, it is. And I, I do want to primary. That's my hot take. I, I want to primarily go with the '80s thing because it's not like I'm going to resist anything that's '80s. Right. I live for it. But even if you see the trailer, like you get as soon as that voice starts, you know the it's the inner world. <laughs> yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah, that uh. Lucy Emerson and her boys have just moved to Santa Carla. What they weren't expecting is that her father hasn't bathed for weeks. (laughs) Um, Like you get that really awesome voice and uh, you're like, fuck yeah. And and it kind of that's really the magic of this movie, that this is the thing to really put our finger on is what was it? Just like you said, where if you were 12 years old and you watched this movie, you're like, holy fuck, this is great. Yeah. So what was it about this movie that had everybody just that jacked up about it? Was it that it was kind of like, how do I want to say, like maybe the edgiest that we could go at that age?
0: Yeah, I, here, here's what I think. Okay, I think it was two things. A, not a lot of vampire movies up to that point mm. or at least it was not over i mean we're so fucking oversaturated with vampires oh. at this point <laughs> you know so vampires was still kind of a cool thing this is a newer twist on it right not it's not gothic yeah. vampires anymore these are like young cool vampires and that fucking cast is like All a bunch of new people. So as a young person, you're going to gravitate to be like, oh, my parents are like, no, this movie's got a bunch of people I've never heard it before. Well, that's not my favorite movie. Like, I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. If they're like, well, what's this? So, yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, you have people who, I mean, Jesus, there's like four or five people in this movie that had really not done much, maybe one or two movies. Yeah. And then it's just Perfect Storm in this movie. Jason Patrick, who I don't really – he's whatever. He's like the Patrick Wilson. Is that that guy's name that we always talk about? Yeah, but we should say, though, real quick – Like his his second biggest movie is – Speed Two,
1: yeah. Or there was that really good movie Rush, that where he played like an undercover cop. Oh, with, right. Uh,
0: who, Jennifer Jason yeah, Lee? I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I get the line: "Ain't nothing to it but to do it." <laughs> when like they're with the drug dealer that wants to see them do the yes. drugs.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, not a huge career. But like no. he, it's my understanding though he actually helped shape what this movie was with the screen. Like Schumacher was like, because he didn't want to do the movie. Schumacher's like. It's a very open and uh, 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 open environment. Like we're, we're susceptible to your ideas. Sure. So I think he had a lot to do with how the movie was shaped along with the screenwriter. Even though he didn't have a huge career afterwards, I think he was instrumental in this movie. You got Kiefer Sutherland who had done Stand By Me. Maybe yeah. two other movies before that. Yeah, and, stand and by me like, and
1: maybe at close range. He was part of that. Yeah, group. like but yeah. nothing. No major. Yeah.
0: No, no. Uh, and who absolutely leaps off the screen. Yes, as it's pointed out, he barely has any lines and is easily the most memorable part of this movie. Yes, for grown-ups, for children, the two quarries. Like those two guys mm. had insane chemistry. Uh, that Hollywood said, we need to exploit this for at least two years and then throw them away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they had – they did this the next year, License to Drive, which is their peak. Yeah. I mean, dude, I was so into Corey Haim at that point. Like, my eighth grade school photo is of me trying to do that lip curl smile that he does. Oh, Oh, boy. <laughs> You've never really shared this. Well, with me. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide it. I was <laughs> fucking 13 years old. What do I know? Um, and then they did Dream a Little Dream, which no one saw. I love that movie well, with Jason you're the Robards. Only one. I don't know.
1: But, but, but what's her name in it? You know who I'm talking about? I don't. I've never seen it. Oh it looked my terrible. god! With the, no, it's Meredith Salinger. You, you. Oh know, yeah, you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, I do know yeah. Meredith oh, Salinger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that movie. It was weird. She's That's, in that movie. Yeah, Natty Gann? She yeah isn't yeah. She's like the the. Uh, like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah. Just <laughs> I'm just I'm just gesturing. Yeah, uh, body parts over here. But um, For those no, who are listening at home. Tim, has but it, yeah, isn't it kind breasts. of like a? It's like a weird like. Like, Jason Robards is, like, uh, I
0: don't know. It's a like, body swapping movie, yeah, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But kind of? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Listen, no one has. You're the only person to be right. like, I loved that movie. <laughs> but you're right. But though, they, it's so, like, even just looking at those guys in that movie, like, their presence in this movie to dream a little dream. And it is just, like. What what has this industry done to those guys? I know it.
1: <laughs> well, it's a couple of things. Um, let me just get out of the way first, because I don't want to forget it. Uh, you mentioned Jason Patrick. I am convinced that the, the only reason why Joel Schumacher went after him as hard as he did, because the only thing he had done was a movie called Solar Babies, which I've right. never
0: seen. Um, which was a roller skating movie? Mm. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But I what like that take on it. Of? All right. Uh, <laughs> is that the one where they have to get wa- like water is like maybe. Oh, man. I'm going to have to look it up um, while you're talking. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
1: convinced that he wanted somebody that looked like Jim Morrison or at least had a passing resemblance. Right. And um, so it, that's where I believe that he went so hard after Jason Patrick. Plus, he saw some acting chops there. His maternal grandfather was Jackie Gleason. I was just going to say yeah, that. Know, yeah. My namesake. That. Sorry. Um, sorry. And his father is Jason Miller from The Exorcist 3 and The Exorcist. The young priest oh, in The Exorcist is Jason Patrick's father, um, who is. Yes,
0: it's an Earth Has
1: No Water movie. Oh, OK. That's what it is. OK. So, yeah. So, and this is what happened with Jason Patrick's career. And and Joel Schumacher, will t- we'll talk about it, where he just ran away from the fame. Well,
0: like, I'm sorry, Tim. Can I also say Solar Babies? Also about orphans who play a rough sport which is a hybrid of lacrosse and roller hockey. Wow. So I was right about both things. Never saw it. (laughs) Never saw it. Haven't thought about solar babies since it was on HBO. Still remember the fucking plot. Um, (laughs) Like a steel trap that Uh, went.
1: But yeah, so, but he ran away from fame because I mean, if, look, if your grandpa is Jackie Gleason and your dad is a severely alcoholic, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright and actor, Jason Miller, like maybe fame doesn't hold everything for you that it does for other sure, people. Yeah. So, yeah, he had some success and then he just kind of went away from it. Um. And and it's kind of a shame because he was a really good actor, but whatever he wants to do, I mean, he's, fine. Um, he's fine. So you've got that. But yeah, the Corey's now. Corey Feldman, let's go there. That's oh, I was going to go with Corey, <sighs> Haim, but that's the low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah, let's go with Corey Feldman. Just ended up like just getting, like you said, just sucked up into that machine. And by sucked up into that machine, I mean, cocaine and Sam Kinnison's nose because <laughs> they were very close friends. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sam Kinison? Yeah. And Sam Kinnison that. with this kid. And they would just smoke bales of weed and have like rail offs where like who could snort more cocaine Sam Kinison having a little bit of an excuse because he was an adult man at that point. Yeah. Uh, Corey Feldman was not. Um, But I mean, he, they had this like drug fueled friendship of just extremes and Corey Haim was right there with him. And I told you the story earlier where when Corey Haim was on the set of Lucas, he had another actor. He was never, he's never named him, but an actor that said like, Hey, like we're actors and we're, you know, collaborating, we're doing creative stuff now. We should like sodomize each other because that's just what people do in this business. And so he did. He he got you know Corey Haim, coerced him or whatever into into some uh, some sex at a at a very young age. How old was Corey Haim when he made Lucas? He couldn't have been uh, over. 14, well, was born 13. in seventy
0: one, and Lucas came out. 86 some for some reason a huge write-up on his wikipedia page did he have something else going on lucas is 86 so yeah he was like 15 yeah
1: so so much so that when Corey Haim was on the set of lost boys where he first met Corey feldman he also tried to pass that on and be like hey like i had sex with this dude uh on the set of lucas this is what actors do bro like want to and Corey Feldman said that he turned him down, but uh, you got to wonder about that a little bit. They
0: were very close. Yeah. But,
1: um, but it, it's besides the point. What I'm hmm. saying is, is Jeremy that-
0: Piven. Do you think it was Jeremy Piven? Uh, He's in that movie. Yeah. We'd have to run down the cast. I mean, Charlie Sheen was in that movie. I know you said probably not Charlie Sheen. I don't but know probably, why but, you but, would probably. say probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably definitely Charlie Sheen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so no, that it, it's kind of a shame how those kids got chewed up and spit out. In fact, Corey Feldman's band played at a local bar in South Haven, uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah, they were a couple of years ago. Oh, so man, he's, how did I uh, not hear? He about was in in Hobart maybe last year. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you know the the harder they fall, as they say. <laughs> right. uh, but um, but yeah, but you're right, though. Getting back to the point is that these guys, it was something that I said to you earlier in our our pre-show meeting in the garage. Um, <laughs> former uh, Garage Studio, is by right. the way, yes. for, for yeah. those old school fans. Um, but it, th- there is a naturalness that Corey Haim especially has. Corey Feldman is going for a real stylized
0: Rambo kind of like yes. persona. He's but, like one of the more as it is to say, more accomplished actors in this movie. Like probably the third most accomplished.
1: Yeah. I would say that. Because he'd
0: already been in Goonies. Uh Stand by Me. Stand by Me. Yeah. Um shit. Yeah, a dramatic turn. There's another Stand by one. By me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh, he was so in a ton of shit movie. when he was. Oh, well, uh uh we we saw him in uh Fright Night.
0: Fright Night. Oh, was he in Fright Night? Yeah, no. A, Friday the thirteenth. Oh no, I'm sorry, Friday the thirteenth Yeah. Four. So he's yeah. in okay. So before this He's in Friday the 13th, 13th final chapter, Gremlins, Goonies, Stand By Me. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about, I couldn't see a movie as a child without seeing fucking Corey Feldman in it.
1: Which there's nothing like, it's funny. I like Corey Feldman enough. Um, I'm not sure what the appeal is there, but I do feel it.
0: Well, he was, you know, he was sassy. He was, uh, he had a real just like, he was cool. He was a really cool kid who carried himself
1: oh that yeah maybe that's it
0: how he carried himself yeah Yeah. oh the confidence right (laughs) i mean (laughs) i also got my hair cut one time to look like mouth in goonies (laughs) the corey's were uh, getting better and better (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm usually on the opposite end of this maybe it's motorcycle gangs won't hang out with me (laughs) i don't know it is. yeah
1: yeah, lead with the Corey Haim bit when you try to get initiated. Um, but, uh, no, it's uh, – but, yeah, there's some great some great chemistry there. Um, and I think that that's what – we've talked about this before. And I've said it a million times to where people are probably sick of hearing it. But what do I always say? It's the lack of parental supervision. That's yeah. what brings a 12-year-old into this. Although, this movie does go out of its way – you know, to its credit to try and shine a light on like an aspect of kids movies that we don't see very much, which is what about like a single parent, like right. trying to get out there, trying to get back into the dating world. Um Yeah. You know, Play, hey, Diane Weast.
0: our yeah. second Diane Weast movie. And,
1: you know, she's so funny. She's like, have you ever like seen somebody who's like, they're crying because they're sad, but they have this smile on their face and they're nodding yeah. while they're crying. That is her. A hundred percent of the time, (laughs) like she is constantly on the verge of laughter or tears constantly in her life. But she's, she's very genuine, even though she's, she comes off as like a little baddie. She has a real down to earthedness on, on screen. Yeah. And, uh, and especially in this movie and she's kind of playing that, what would have been like, like an ex hippie kind of character. Yeah. Um, so but she's very sweet in it. And I think she plays the role very well because sometimes, you know, it's not like she's just some space cadet. Like, you know, we see her get angry with the boys. We see her trying to, like, put on a happy face and make a hard situation workable.
0: Um And it was weird because they, like, as much as they had to twist Jason Patrick's heartbeat in this, she immediately was like, yeah. And they're like, you just won an Oscar. Are you sure? <laughs> right. Right. She's like, yes, yes. Which she won for Hannah and her sisters. Which I should I have to tell this story real quickly. Yeah. Also, uh, Michael Kane won an Oscar for Hannah and her sisters, although he did not get to receive his award because he was doing reshoots for Jaws: The Revenge. Oh yes, which brings <laughs> about the best quote of all time, where someone asked him if he'd ever seen Jaws: The Revenge, and he said, "I have not seen it, although I hear it is horrible. Although I have seen the house that paid for it, and it is beautiful." <laughs> That's uh, on Australian Michael Caine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, right, yes, right.
1: But um, but then we have the character of Grandpa, who is perpetually working out a stand-up routine at all times. I it's love like, the Grandpa. Though. I love him too. But it's like he's just you know it, he's so lovable. He it keeps was that putting guy. the
0: taxidermy stuff in his in. Corey Haim's room.
1: Yeah. But you know that, but it's like, he's always doing these like little bits that don't as a writer, I don't think come across. And this is me nitpicking by the way, because yes, he's very enjoyable. Yeah. But although he
0: is the biggest asshole in the film as well.
1: Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) Um, But the thing is like, I don't know. It's just kind of that eighties nudge nudge to the audience stuff. Like when he gives the whole, like um, um, if you have the, TV guide. You don't need a TV. Like that's just like a line for adults to laugh at. Right. And it's just like nobody's gonna say that, you know. But um, but he's still lovable in his own way. Yeah. And um, by the way, I, I don't know what those boys have a problem with. Gorgeous house. I, yeah. I, I love that house and that
0: land that they. Yeah. Have. And look. When they first pull up, you're like kind of a shack, and then they shoot the interior, and I'm like. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like three thousand square feet of in one there, room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so there's there's that whole thing. But what I what I really enjoy as far as there, are, if anybody's been waiting for us to mention it, there's vampires in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I love about it is some of those budget constraints, like you've mentioned before with Jaws. Uh, really do end up amplifying things. Like I love the fact that we don't see the vampires fly, but we. Right. What ultimately, as a fan, not knowing that they had budget, re- you know, constraints <laughs> or whatever, like that's one of like the quintessential vibes of the movie is that sound that, yeah, that, like screeching sound, yeah, the whooshing, yeah, and, the whooshing it- and then flying through the air, yeah. Way better than any footage of them flying oh, could be. Oh, yeah, it would have looked so dumb. And I've heard that actually some of the footage is stock footage uh, outtakes from Top Gun. Like when they're in the clouds and stuff. Oh, really? It's, yeah, they just borrowed it from Top Gun. <laughs> but um, so, uh, but in, and there's
0: even... Vampires th- flying at Mach 3.
1: Yes. There's even a shot where when the vampires leave the cave, what they did was just take the reverse of when they were flying into the cave. Oh. So it doesn't really make sense that they would fly out and we'd see it in reverse, like <laughs> coming out of it. But I mean, it, it works, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah, they, they are a, you know, a, a handsome bunch, a ragtag uh, group of, of ne'er do wells that, I think that absolutely everything that they see is hilarious because they're just like <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Everything is the funniest thing. Right. Can't help but hoot and holler. <laughs> Like they're fucking the Joker's henchmen.
1: Well, especially if they're coming back to like their cave. <laughs> right. Like you live here. Why are you so excited, so excited. about excited. walking back? Yeah. I don't walk into my place and be like, Woo! Yeah, yeah oh
0: they yeah. just are constantly reveling that they're vampires. Like they're just like, well, I'm mad. I'm yeah. So free, I can do whatever. Yeah, it's just um yeah, maybe if you didn't have society's restraints on you, you would whoop and holler.
1: Well, you bring up a great point, and I did write that down, where now you and I kind of stumbled upon this earlier, but we have no indication how long these guys have been vampires. Right. I'm under the impression that it has not been very long. This isn't like your 300-year-old vampire story. I think they're relatively young vampires. Well, why? Well, just because... Um, well, if if nothing else, there's Do no act there's no dialogue of like when I lived through the first Crusade, True. you know, or whatever. Like usually, they're gonna throw something like that in there. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's no mention of anything other than just like right where they are. But it makes sense, though. Well, I mean, I guess I guess Max, their head vampire, could have made them in Santa Carla a long time ago. But I don't know. It seems to me like they are. Like when you and I were what talking, what is time to a vampire? When you're immortal, like what? What is time? Well, right. Well, that's what I was going to bring up, and I tried to excuse it away for the movie, to to kind of just like let the movie get away with it, with all the hooting and hollering, with all the laughing at everything, with all the like like swagger and like every move that they make, which I'm sure is encouraged by Schumacher, just oh, like yeah. wanting it to be sexy and hot and all that. So, but the thing is, if you were immortal. And let's say they're even relatively young vampires. Let's say that they're like a hundred years old or something like that. Yeah, you've seen enough people come and go, born, die, whatever, and you probably would move through life a little differently. Sure. Like you wouldn't be like as like apologetic as you like skirt around people to get to the bathroom in a crowded place. You'd yeah. be like, "What? Are, what are you to me? Like you're going to die? I'm not." <laughs> like right. you, you probably would have an air of confidence that would come with immortality. Yeah. Because that's what everybody's afraid of. You've got that covered. Right. So why yeah. not just do whatever the fuck you want to do? Maybe everything is funny.
0: <laughs> Maybe it is. Like, <laughs> all these people worried about their own mortality. <gasps> all I know, I do believe there was a idea to show some sort of, like, tapestry or something that had Max on it. To yes. indicate that he is much older. Yeah. And and, they- and he does act a little more chill. But boy,
1: has he adapted to that '80s fashion?
0: Oh, sure. Well, but, yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's also. I asked Nancy. I was like, "Do you think like that sucks? Like being a vampire and you have to like change up your fashion every decade?" And there's some you just hate doing, but you're like, "I I have to." Well, yeah, maybe you're like. I mean, obviously, his life's ambition was to
1: uh, open a, a video cassette rental store, um, and uh, maybe he's like, <laughs> people are not going gonna- <laughs> weird- to. People are not – yeah, why did I say it's (laughs) a video store? How about that? But maybe people aren't going to come in there if I'm wearing a powdered wig. Like, (laughs) (laughs) maybe they might be put off by that. Like, why is that guy wearing that? Um, So, yeah, you got to keep up with the times. Right. You know? Um, But, no, I think a little bit of background there might have been interesting. A little bit more interaction between – although I think I know why we didn't see more history between he and – The crew of vampires is because there's that whole misdirection for the whole length of the movie, which is, you know, us not knowing that he's the head vampire. Right. So if there was more interaction, then it would give that away. Sure. So I I get that. Maybe a little bit more of a scene when it is revealed of of something, but half of them are dead by that point.
0: Well, they do a good job. Of and, and it's a weird twist on something I didn't remember from the movie, because I, I know there is a bit about being invited in, right? I uh, was yes. like, oh, maybe that, you know, and, and and Max states later, don't you know, never to invite in a vampire, it renders them powerless, which i never heard that take on it before. Yeah. Like, it just always kind of was like, the only way to keep them out is to not invite them in. Correct. But obviously, they're allowed to enter whenever the fuck they want.
1: Right, it will just, just be
0: powerful, and I guess once you leave that you have to be invited every time because he certainly had his powers the second time he came to their house,
1: yeah, true, true, well, I guess p- renders them powerless
0: maybe, because they run they run a series of tests, they suspect it's Max, maybe it's that- dinner, they pour some water on him, they show him his reflection, none of it works, so you still have it depends on what you want
1: to talk about and say powers are. They can still be vampires, but they're going to be – he should have said it renders them vulnerable if they're not invited in.
0: Yeah, that's a good line. Because
1: yeah. he ate the garlic and was fine. Yeah. You know, the mirror. His well, that's established the
0: garlic's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's Holy true. water is, though. Yes. Another thing where – so there are obviously no vampires before Christianity. Good point. <laughs> Great point. We've talked or, about this before. I talked. I did my whole spiel on that yeah. during Fright Night. So true. True. The crucifix thing really bugs me. Which then, yeah, I do. I do remember we talked about it on Fright Night, and then like that week on Rick and Morty, they did a joke about a vampire being like, oh, "These little Ts are like giving me trouble now. Like I don't know what the fuck's up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just all of a sudden crucifixes are like, why? 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 Why do I hate that thing? <laughs> That's awesome. Um.
1: I have a note here that says Grandpa's voice is a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we have some interesting, interesting voices in this movie, not just grandpa's kazoo voice, which it really does sound like a kazoo. Jason Patrick has this really high voice, but it's it's not high in an effeminate way, but um it's really uh Soft. I think it helps because at several points, we're talking about school in this movie. Which you look at Jason Patrick, and you're like, mm, "What school are we talking about exactly? <laughs> right. uh, like postgraduate degree? Like what's what's going on here?" But um, but you know, it 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 kind of makes him sound younger than he looks. I mean, he looks great. Don't get yeah. me wrong; he's he's good looking guy, but. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of that. That especially when he's agitated, that like Sammy, you know, when he's outside <laughs> of the window. Um, but but also on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Kiefer Sutherland has a great voice, oh, and yeah. and you talked a lot about his his presence. Um, I think the thing that makes him so good in this movie are not the moments where he's snarling or yelling. It's the quiet moments. That's what makes the character of David so cool. Yeah, Um, because he's just collected. He's almost kind of no. He's
0: up to something, but you're like, why is this? But I get why he's trusting him. Yeah,
1: but he's so good that I mean, I literally was laughing out loud in the uh, the scene where they're on the bridge. Yeah, and you know, Michael's saying like, "What's going on?" And, And then you get Kiefer Sutherland like. Michael wants to know what's going on. <laughs> Marco, Michael wants to know <laughs> what's going on. Like, he's just he's just f- fucking with him. You know, right. he's just toying with him. But you know what, what makes that character so great is, yes, he fucks with him. And yes, it's even implied that he, at some point, maybe wanted Star to kill him or something like that.
0: Yes, because Which she's only partial vampire Yeah. until you
1: feed on human flesh you're just half vampire
0: right okay so
1: um but the thing of it is what makes that so good is that he does want to be friends with michael like deep down like he i think he really likes him right um i think he likes him a lot (laughs) and and it's kind of like it that's what makes it sweet is that it's not about like you know, vampires of, of ages past are so removed. Like they're already set up. They're already like inexplicably like billionaires living in some palatial estate or whatever. But these vampires are like, you know, they, they are like those, those cast out people from society, you know, and that's what really what they were going for when they wrote that original script was the idea of, you know, people that didn't belong anywhere, but found a family amongst their friends, much like your motorcycle gangs. Um, but, uh, I think that that's what makes this movie so cool is that you kind of almost even, they make it look fun. Like, they make it look cool. You know, it's not just, like, stuffy and, like, a table that's 24 feet long and you're at the other end of it from the vampire who's, like, you know, being all charming and shit. Like, they make it look fun. They have a good time. But here's my question for you, based on your faith system or your belief system. Uh Lack of, yes. Yeah. So if vampires were real uh-huh and if you could be immortal yeah knowing that in in your belief system there is no second round here yeah would you choose to be immortal and a vampire if you had some of those powers and stuff uh they make it look pretty fun
0: i mean the the killing hu- humans parts is a big drawback <laughs> So okay, I don't know if I'd be like, man, I I could squeeze another 20 years. I'm already like, like thinking about my in-laws who are in their 90s. And I'm like, I'm like barely halfway to that age. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. So uh, no, to add more years to that. No,
1: probably not. So it's, it's going to take such a long time to get there that you could start killing people now and like pretend that you're a vampire. Like <laughs> right. I'm going to live till I'm 90. I'm fucking right. immortal. It's like
0: forever. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, no, also, people don't. I don't think people grasp what immortality really means and how terrible that would be. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, because
1: what? what Even would a it,
0: second life immortality would be a nightmare. Like what, Yeah, what think would of mean something anything? Something that never ends. Exactly. It's like exactly people. Too.
1: It's like now I, I shouldn't say this because I know it's a tender subject for people, but like. I've always been fascinated by the people that buy like pets over and over and over again, and they go through the ex- excruciating thing of like having to put their dogs down or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, why would you put yourself through
0: that like over and over? But that's what it might- well, because you only have to do it like once every fifteen years. Well, that's and true. then you go and get a new dog and have fifteen years of love and companionship and enjoyment, as long as you understand uh, the cycle of biology. Get the fuck over it, you know. Well, I'll tell but you, but I will say my mom's that way. She's like, no more pets. Can't handle it. Can't handle the death. Yeah. Well, you know, I my last pet was a fucking bird, and then like <laughs> couldn't handle that one. So, well,
1: I'll tell you, and and I promise there is absolutely zero crying in this episode. I I prom- <laughs> I told myself that, uh, but I did hear something. Are really- you
0: sure there's no cry, little <laughs> sister? <laughs>
1: yeah, there is that. There's a lot of that. Um, well done, day Right on pitch and everything. Thank You're you. great. Um but i i one time was talking about uh having to put pets down with with someone who is a very much an animal lover and you know they were talking about you know a specific incident where our incidents are uh of that happening and then i said man that's got to be a really hard ride home and they're like they just said it in so plainly like so just immediately they were like the ride there is worse yeah and i was like oh god you're Like, that would be terrible. I just would not want to. So what I'm saying is I'm agreeing with your immortality thing that, like, if you just had to go through these multiple life cycles of every person that you come to be friends with and know, like, they're going to die someday. They're going to be gone. I'm going to have to meet new friends.
0: Yeah. 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 No, no,
1: thanks. Think of how many cycles of neighbors you'd have to go through.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'd definitely be the secluded vampire at that point. (laughs) Like. Yeah, maybe those
1: gothic guys
0: like really had <laughs> yeah, something. Or I wrong. would just kill my neighbors. Right, <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Maybe that's your thing. Like you just kill your neighbors.
0: Like that's your, <laughs> that's how you justify it. Uh, um, I will say the best thing about a pet dying is then going to get a new pet. Like there's kind of an excitement about it. Like when our our last cat passed, it was like, okay, everyone over. Let's do a new cat. New cat. Yeah, little kitten, little kitten would be great. (laughs) You know what's funny
1: about that? I knew uh, uh, somebody whose mom was a, a pet owner, and they were telling me about the dog that had been the previous dog to the one that I knew that belonged to the family. And they were saying, like, my mom loved that other dog, like, you can't believe. And, you know, it was just her whole world was that dog or whatever. But when I brought up that dog that had passed to uh, this friend's mom, she was like, yeah, she's like, I, you know, I hardly remember that dog. And I'm just like, (laughs) and I'm thinking to myself, the psychology that pet owners put themselves through where they probably do just bury that with a new dog. Sure. Like they just get the new one to erase the pain of the one that died, you know? But I mean, I just, I, I can't put that down though, because God, people that love animals, man, they love the hell out of them. Yeah. It's got to be great. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I, I just yeah. Someday I hope to. Yeah, really you should get do. a cat, man. Cats rule. Yeah. they're so
0: low maintenance. So low maintenance. Mm-hmm.
1: But you know what? The Your place that I love the place that I lived, the person that or that I live the person that lived there before had a cat yeah. and didn't do a fucking thing. So that as soon as you walk into the place, you get like this, I'm trying to get rid of it, but it's like this faint ammonia smell. Oh, I didn't. I mean, maybe I'm used to it. I didn't notice maybe. that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not bad, but it's just like, Oh, it's just hard to get rid of that. Right. But, um. but then again, you but you make a good point though, because the dog thing, talk about a fucking, you know, I mean, I, I know dogs are, are a great joy, but, All the walking, all the boarding, all the, I mean, you can't just be like, let's go away for the weekend. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do with the dogs? Yeah. You got to board it. Yeah. Which that's not good for the dog. I literally read about a friend that, it was less expensive to fly his sister from the Midwest to the East coast to stay for three days and fly her back home than it was to board the dog for three what? days. Oh so he literally God. flew his sister
0: out just to watch the dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. The older I get, the less I want a dog and the more I want more cats. You know who
1: I would be excited about being euthanized in, in this movie would be Laddie, the young kid. Uh yeah, let's talk about Laddie. I wrote Kill Laddie already. That's that's the <laughs> note that I have. <laughs> this little kid, I guess it's not his fault, but you've got some you've got some problems well, with Well yeah, character. you
0: know, it's a child vampire, but it's not they don't really again, it's the age of the vampires thing where they're not specifying. I would have to assume David and his cohorts are a little older than this child vampire. I don't know because, it, yes, it turns out the child is a vampire or partial vampire. I don't know. I don't know if the kid is. He's he said, half. Because he gets a gross face. He gets a pretty vamped out face, yeah. which I don't think Jamie Gertz ever gets. And he
1: gets it for no good reason, too.
0: Yeah, just because all the other vampires are doing right, it. Right, yeah. <laughs> what a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But they also do, you know, I, there are other vampire movies that have done this correctly where it's like, oh, if you have an immortal child, like, you know, obviously we as humans learn as time goes on. And unless you're a vampire who's unable to retain knowledge <coughs> and memories, like, that small child, while looks like a child, has like the mind of like a 40 year old, at least. Let's just say he's been a vampire for 30 years. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's relatively young. So he's vampire. like a 35 year old. He would not act like. No. A six year old. But this one, like he's like a baby who needs care. If like. I like a child vampire who's like, I'm older than all of you fucks. Leave me alone. <laughs> If, like, Drew Barrymore's
1: character in 50 First Dates had been made a vampire as a baby where she can't remember anything that happened the day before. Yes, this is it. That's the only excuse. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't don't imply that. Um, No. And he's he's fucking annoying on top of
0: it. I mean, he's just like, what a hassle. And is it Jamie Gertz's baby? No. Or it's just a random child that she motherly is taking care of. Right, yeah. But if she's only a partial vampire, how long has she been doing that for? That's a great question. (laughs) And why, and why, if,
1: like, before. Um, Michael comes along if her only crew has been these vampires why hasn't she just given in and become a full vampire
0: right like what was she waiting for right yeah a guy I really a guy I see at the saxophone show (laughs) right yeah. I got real specific. Yeah. Things. You
1: can. Yeah. It's like the saxophone concerts are at night. You can still go to the
0: saxophone concerts and be a full vampire. God. Let me just say quickly, I hated all the music in this movie. <laughs> all of it. I also, I thought, because this movie also introduced me to the Doors, who I love. Maybe that's uncool to say to some people. That's fine. I, I love, love the doors. fucking Doors. Fuck I know yeah. you do. I know There are people who hate the Doors, too. That's ridiculous. Even some patrons of ours hate the Doors. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. We love our patrons, though. But, however, then re-watching this, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit version? Could they not afford – like, in the – you know, reproducing the rights, it's hard to then get the rights to a song. Like, in like in Wayne's world, when he plays Stairway to Heaven, and there's, like, a joke in the yeah. guitar shop, and there's a sign that says, no, Stairway. But if you were to watch it now, he does not play Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, no. Because the getting the rights to mass-produce that on, like, a video – Sure. Is – yeah. yeah, you can't. They couldn't afford it. They no. can get it for the theatrical release. That's it. So I'm like, oh, maybe they just had to get some weird. No, it's like an echo in the bunnyman. That's yeah. it. That was in the movie, and I was like, which I love Echo and the Bunnyman. By the way, they're fine.
1: Um, I don't really know. But no, but you make a, I remember my dad bitching about that when we were, because we had that soundtrack. This
0: this was an, I got to swore the original doors because also there's a giant poster of Jim Morrison in the vampire hideout. How could, like as if to remind me uh, the doors are not in this movie. Uh, Right. Yes.
1: And the fact that they, like, overlay Jason Patrick's face <laughs> with Jim Morrison. It's fucking obvious right. why you cast him. But, um, but no, I love Echo and the Bunny. Love them. But, I mean, and I remember my dad being so pissed because my sister and I, you know, would listen to this soundtrack on, you know, it's available, by the way. We don't talk about the credits very much. But if you do watch the credits for this movie, the soundtrack is available on cassette and compact disc. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we had it on cassette. And uh, he just hated that version. Oh, um, it's and so uh, flat.
0: It is so flat and uninteresting. Yeah, but it's, it's still at least as a twelve-year-old. Because oh, my next door Nazi no, neighbor <laughs> was learning that on the piano. Oh, okay. And he's like, "This is in." Uh, Lost Boys. Yeah. And then uh, the, I probably listened to that off of that. Okay. But I if if you had asked me, I would have been like, yes, The Doors, People Are Strange. It's a key component to this movie.
1: Now, there there is a bit of music that I do like, though. Like, it's just incidental music. It might even be, I mean, they, they strip down Cry Little Sister in so many ways and reconfigure it for, yeah. like, incidental music. But um, it's... They do a good job of, like, that 80s thing where it's, like, now we have the goal and we have the thing that we got to do and we're making preparations. And it's it's not a song. It's just, you know, some instrumental music. Yeah. But it's kind of, like, gets you pumped up a little bit because yeah. you're, like, doing the thing and getting all the garlic and the, the holy water and all that stuff. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, that part's cool. But I see what you're saying. Like, overall – the music's yeah, the
0: recorded like some of the score is fine, and yeah, background music fine. Yeah, but yeah, all the the songs are kind of garbage. Songs are just fucking. Off. I was just like, how how did we go through a decade where people were like, yes, now this this is what I want to listen to all the time. People got together and hung out and just put that on and listened to it.
1: Well, while we're que-
0: while we're questioning people's likes and dislikes.
1: Would you peg a twelve, maybe thirteen year old boy to have a giant Rob Lowe poster dude, in his dude. bedroom? Oh. <laughs> because Corey Haim does. He
0: does a sexy Rob Lowe <laughs> yes. poster, poster. Yeah. What did Rob Lowe like? Santa Claus Fire? Yeah. I, mean, I assume that was just in there because Schumacher directed D- it, directed yeah, it. Yeah. We have never seen nor ever want to. It's. It's yeah, exactly. very
1: Schumacher y. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, it's like there's this scene with Demi Moore where she's like depressed, but she's not, can't just be like depressed the way that normal people get depressed, like good old fashioned depression. She has to be in this like completely empty room with like 20 foot ceilings and these giant like 40 foot long like curtains blowing because she's got oh, the windows dude. open. And it's just, and she's like <laughs> kneeling and rocking back and forth. And it's like, come on, Joel. Nobody gets sad like that. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, it's, uh, he likes to stylize things a sure, little bit. yeah. You know. The sex scene in this, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. The classic, like, camera panning yeah. with the sheer white drapes that you, oh, get a little bit as we go past it.
1: And nobody really making any sort of body movement. No, no. That would, like, elicit pleasure, like physical
0: pleasure. Yeah. Like That's I the mean, True Blood people saw this and were like, "Where's the hardcore fucking?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Like nobody vampires goes, should be
1: fucking. Nobody, yeah. Nobody goes to have sex and just be like, "I'm just gonna kind of like sit behind you, but off to the side a little bit and yeah. just be there."
0: Yeah. Like especially your first time together. I mean, that is no one's like. I know we've only known each other a few weeks, but would you like to have like a soft romantic? No, it's like, let's fuck. I can't fucking wait anymore.
1: <laughs> fucking right. just get
0: those off. Get them off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. First time, second time. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Do, follow Corey Hames' lead on the side of the trailer in the Lucas set and just pull the pants <laughs> oh. down and get it done. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but, no, you're right, though. Like, that's a little – yeah, it's stylized. But here's something, though. Um, Joel Schumacher did come out and say that a lot of his inspiration for some of – I'm not going to say that he goes overly surreal in, in in too many parts, but he felt a freedom um, that actually MTV gave him, that, like, watching videos, um, kind of like the scene where we see um, – yeah,
0: it was a very music video. That's yeah. a great, yeah.
1: Where we see Michael drink the blood and we kind of see these, like, uh, like layering images and overlay and that sort of thing. And it's sort of, like, a, kind of, like, implying, like, almost like a drug experience kind of thing. A lot of that came from some of the visuals that you would see in music videos, which, I mean, in 1987, MTV was huge. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, that gave him some license and he gives credit to MTV for that. But... um, Yeah, it is uh, – and there's some neat bits. Like, this is a movie that has, like, just a handful of things sprinkled throughout that, like, really make it fun. Like, even just little stuff. Like, the scene that's filmed so well with Michael, like, rising up to the ceiling, (laughs) like, not being in control of his flying yet. And, like, we as an audience member don't really realize what's happening, but as he, like, butts up against the ceiling – like, little stuff like that. It's 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 fun. Yeah. It's very cool.
0: Um, Why did he go out the window, though? Because we were trying to speculate. We were like, oh, he's turning into the vampire. He hasn't been invited in the house yet. So he's, like, being expelled from the house. Oh, okay. But then he just gets pulled in. We're like, well, no, maybe, no, that's not it. And then later he's like, you lose your powers if you invite us in. Oh, all right. Maybe it was that. I don't know. I mean, he just had to have a cool effect where he's flying outside the window. It's. It, I, I get that part from the movie. Maybe it's kind of like when
1: you have the ability to fly, like you just, you just got to want to. Yeah. You're yeah. Just like, oh. yeah. Like if you got like a, a shirt, that's just soaked with sweat and you can't wait to just peel that fucking thing off. Like <laughs> right. maybe that sort of feels like I, I just got to fly <laughs> right now. Drop everything and fly. Um,
0: and, talk about the end of this movie. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 the culmination. Cause I will say after watching it, I was like, Oh, I remember why I watched this movie a hundred times and I remember why I haven't seen it in like two decades because the whole becoming a vampire bit sucks ass. It's so boring. I don't like the slow transition into the vampire. I don't, I hate the hoot. I hate the vampires. I hate the vampires. I hate the hooting and hollering, <laughs> the laughing. I hate their look. I just, I've always hated that. look. I just remember being a kid, like watching like a Cinderella video and being like, that's what I got to do to get a girl. Like not worth it. <laughs> not worth it at all. Um, so I hate their look. Uh, poor Alex. I mean, I thought this was post Bill and Ted, but uh-huh. no Alex Winter, who gets zero lines in this. Yes. Like all the vampires again, have no lines until the very end. Most of it's like ADR, like off screen. You just hear me like, well, oh, yeah, that would be good. You know, just yeah. dumb. <laughs> right. Uh, however, the end of the movie, the fighting, the vampires, awesome and maybe it's because i was a little kid and i was like yes little kids killing vampires fucking amazing yes but the whole the build up like Homa what this is your home alone setup <laughs> if, if uh joe pesci were a vampire this is the movie you need to watch yes um yeah just all the the bit where they go in to get the <laughs> The holy water yeah. that old couple turns around—that was so hilarious. No,
1: it's good, and yeah, and that's that's what makes it fun. That's that those little preparation scenes. It was the best part of any action movie, right? Even if the it was climax, like an, even weird.
0: If, that's the exciting part. Yeah, to but, me. no, but I'm saying
1: <laughs> even just like the preparation building into it, like it was, it was just as cool to see like Schwarzenegger go buy guns or like pick guns then <laughs> shoot them. Like For it was, sure, like, yeah, oh, it's always cool the prep scenes. But yeah, you're right. Once we're in the house. It's And and it's a good thing that it's a massive, giant, like, 20-foot ceiling house <laughs> right, right. for these people to fly around in. But, yeah, it's lit really well. And it's not lit at all realistically. I mean, you've got, like, full-on, like, red light on people <laughs> right. for no good reason. But then again, logic kind of flies out the window like, like <gasps> yeah. Michael um, in that whole climax. You and I talked earlier about the fact that when one of the vampires is pushed into <laughs> – the uh, the bathtub with the holy water that it, it ch- causes like a supernatural chain reaction to all things plumbing in that exploding. that house exploding yes and it, exploding with not even what looks like blood but kind of more like motor oil like it's that sort of like sh- oily like it looks oh it yeah. doesn't look
0: like well, like, like red water,
1: Tim. yeah well yeah I guess so.
0: <laughs> yeah right. yeah I guess that makes sense but yeah well yeah no yeah. Half of it's, some of it's bloody, some of it's weird, dark, some of it's crystal clear. Yeah.
1: Very strange. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you kind of go with it at that point because you're right. It is the climax. Now, when we get our showdown with David and Michael, I kind of remember that being a little bit longer. Like that happens pretty quick. It is very quick. Yeah. But there's a reason for that because the whole intention, or at least in Joel Schumacher's mind, was to have a sequel called The Lost Girls. And he always wanted to do that from the beginning. So when you when there is some foreshadowing earlier and Edgar Frog's character talks about how vampires will react differently to death. Yeah. He literally lays out exactly what happens in all the deaths. But he doesn't mention what happens to David, because if you remember, David is impaled on horns. Right. But he doesn't. Not would. Really die. Yeah. And that's what was going to be the lost girls was that David survives. And then we were going to get like a, kind of like a redo with, with female vampires. Oh, Okay. So a sexy girl vampire movie, which where the fuck was that thing?
0: Like, um, yeah. Cause they still did two sequels to this movie that were not good. Never even heard of them. Yeah. I,
1: I think I watched a little bit of some of them. They were, they were pretty awful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but unfortunately that never came to pass, but yeah, David Kiefer Sutherland's character was meant to live. Um, Although we would have hoped that it would have been at a time that they would have had the technology to not have to wear those contact lenses because from everything that I read, they were
0: excruciating. Yeah. Just horrible. Well, yeah, they were like just hard lenses. Like they weren't – Like now we have nice soft like contact lenses – but yeah, they were like just like cups. Yeah. You put on your eyeballs. And there's even like a
1: nice incidental thing that happened where Kiefer Sutherland's body is literally trying to hydrate his eye, <laughs> where he gets his hand burned and,
0: oh, is that and there's that was? a tear and that comes cries. out. That was literally I was like, you pussy. Come yeah, on. No, that
1: was literally the contact <laughs> that did that. And they're like, Well, let's keep that in there. That um, is yeah. awesome. He also, if you notice, wears gloves throughout the movie because he broke. His wrist early on. Yeah. So he has a cast on, so they have to put these gloves on to cover up his cast. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's a neat climax. They don't really draw it out other than we realize that Max is the head vampire. Yeah.
0: So and that plan all along, here's his plan. Yeah. He wanted David to turn Michael and Sam, who he never attempts to do anything with other than kill, to turn them both into vampires. So then Lucy that's the mom right Lucy would be like well I'll be I guess I have no other choice than to be the mother of these lost boys yeah vampire boys I mean just fucking Turner yeah well you know why play oh, games? Why, yeah. Why drag it out like this? We've said kidnap the times. family. Yeah. Force them into it and be like, yeah, you're vampires. Now, what are you going to do? Anyway, we got like a magical hierarchy. Now you do what I say. Sorry. You'll you'll be fine with it. Yeah. You'll live forever. Everyone wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. They're not. Im- I mean, here's the other thing. Vampires are not immortal. They can die. They all die in this. Yeah. So they can die, but if you truly, truly think about immortality, that you could not die. I mean, think about that. Eventually, the sun is going to expand and consume this planet. Can you die? Do you spend the rest of your days burning for eternity on the sun. Yeah, that would suck <laughs> because you can't die.
1: Also, maybe he's underestimating people's willingness to just shirk off everything that you just said. Maybe he could have sat him down and been like, look, I got something. I've got an opportunity
0: for you. Right.
1: And maybe they would have been like, maybe the mom would have been like, you know, things are so crazy. I've got
0: something better than working at a video store. Right. We'll yeah. still have to do that uh, just for, you know, to save face <laughs> right. to live in the community. But you don't have uh, to work hard though. You don't yeah, have to no, try. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not looking. He at seems they're going to be around forever. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Nothing's more immortal than a vampire than a video store. I do want to say. <laughs> 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 yeah. Video stores are going to be around forever. Right. We're going to live
1: forever. <laughs> it's perfect. Let's talk just for one second. Shame on us for not mentioning before now. Jamie Gertz is in this movie. Oh, yeah. And she it wasn't supposed to be something. No, it was actually uh Julie Roberts, right? It, well, it was Jason Patrick that got her hired. Cause yes. they were together on solar, solar babies. babies. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, international hit solar babies. And um, so he really lobbied for her and thank God for that because I love Jamie Gertz. Now I love her from less than zero. I love her just like, she had a nice, a nice look. It wasn't that typical, like blonde, you know, model esque type thing. Like she had that, Dark curly hair, you know, really nice face. Um, and she just yeah, had kind of like an urgency about her. And she's got kind of a big load to carry in this movie because she is really the only female character of consequence other than Lucy, the mom. Yeah. Um, so she does a nice job. And I mean, yeah, not all of it makes sense. Like you said, why the fuck does she care so much about Laddie? Other than just like trying to find some meaning in her life, I suppose. But um, but you know. She's great, and uh, she's a, a Chicago girl. Oh, I was girl. like,
0: "Why wasn't she anything?" She, like, she like quit movies for a while. Yeah, she did. Cause she, oh, I, I she take was it back. She had done a ton of shit. Oh, fuck before yeah, this dude. movie. Oh yeah, man. I, I mean, I can't you, say yeah, I saw Sixteen Candles. Yeah, that's the only movie I really saw of hers. I did see Mischief as a child, which I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Lesson Zero before? No. Oh my! I know, God, and I know that's one I have God, to it's see. So
1: good. If you can stomach uh, watching Andrew McCarthy and
0: anything for an hour and a half, uh, I mean, he's okay. He's just one, yeah, you know, I can't really though. Nancy listened to his like autobiography oh, like of that no, guy no, there are a billion books anyway, she's a voracious listener, and I do remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. you know I love you. Uh, <laughs> like I do remember her in Twister. Which she was like the obnoxious fiance in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like mm-hmm. she did like nothing. She's the one that's that. like,
1: yeah, she's the one that's like, well, is there such a thing as an F five? And then like somebody drops a <laughs> yeah. plate. Like oh God,
0: no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, she's great. She's, um, we love her. Can't she
0: play uh Gilda Radner in like a TV movie? Or she something? could. If
1: she, if she didn't, she like probably should have. going
0: to do that. Maybe. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. I like her a lot. I, I like, she's got kind of a weird, she's got one of those voices that sounds like it's in between two other different voices. Like it's, I don't know how to describe that better, but it's like, um, she's got a nice, interesting voice. She's got a great look. Um, and she's she's great in this. Like she was in a Gilda
0: Radner TV movie. Oh, she was. 20, okay. That's 2002. Just perfect, for that. perfect for that. Yes.
1: Yeah, everybody everybody is, you know, serves their purpose. And I guess like kind of going back all the way to the beginning. Where are we at for time? I love asking this yeah, question. Yeah, we are <laughs> Okay. Just so, here's soon. the thing. We've sat here and we've nitpicked this. Like we think it's a piece of shit. It's the it's no, the exact yeah, God, opposite. No. It's the exact opposite.
0: Well, one more nitpick that we didn't at the very end.
1: Oh, sure. Okay.
0: A, a, a bit that as when you watch it the first time, you're like, fucking great ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, uh, Max is about to bite old Lucy and turn her into a vampire. You hear La Cucaracha uh, from the old truck horn as Gramps drives through his own home Yes. with, I don't know, 10,000 <laughs> giant wooden stakes on it. Yeah. Uh, as one, you know, as momentum carries one fucking right through Max impales him into the wall, the family's like, what the hell? And then there's like kind of a really great denouement, as they will say, where Gramps is just like shuffling around the house and everyone's just like, what the fuck just happened? As he gets a drink out of the fridge and he's like, you know, the one thing about living in Santa Carla, I just could never stomach. Too many damn vampires. And you're like, oh, you knew all along. That's hilarious. But now I'm like, the fuck, man, you knew all along. Right. Yes. One warning. Hey, honey, that I love, before you come out here, listen. Right. Not the idyllic seascape you think it may be.
1: Yeah. First of all, we have a epidemic of missing people.
0: We have a uh, 10 by 10 foot board that is (laughs) jammed with missing people photos. Could you imagine being in in our town of 35,000 people and seeing two missing people signs? You'd be like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Sure, honey, you and the boys can move out here. Not all of you are going to survive, right. though. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, no, and in you're in your right. There's a little bit of silliness there. Like, does he know that, okay, so maybe he's armed with all these stakes. But how does he somehow like intrinsically know to drive yeah. his truck through at that moment to impale another Max. great point? Yeah, but um, but no, you're but it is but they do they do play that moment nicely though, where you're oh. like you're like his grandpa, a vampire. Yeah, you're waiting for yeah, him yeah. to be like, I'm
0: actually the yeah. big vampire, and thanks for helping me take out my competition. Anyway, who wants dinner? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but not from the second show, uh, but
1: yeah, no, it's great. But you know, what's so funny about that? I even knew that that was the ending, but when it happens, like I was expecting like a more graceful, like fade out, but it's like, bam credits, like right away. Um, but you know what, what I, what I was getting at earlier was that we can sit and pick this thing apart, which you could with any movie or on nearly any movie that, that ages by 30 plus years. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we love this movie and we picked it because we love it and we picked it because it's so fun. It was the kind of movie that you could watch with your friends and you could go outside and you could be like, I can just imagine myself. And I I had the, the luxury of growing up in this neighborhood that had a ton of kids my age and we would watch a movie like this and we would go outside and we would talk about like what we would do to protect ourselves against vampires. And we might build a little fort somewhere or do something (laughs) like it. um, It was the kind of movie that, that stuck with you as a kid. Um, And probably one of the beginning experiences of watching a movie as a kid that you really connect with, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a silly kid movie. It's an adult movie, I suppose. Yeah, but that, but that is on a level that you can find something to to latch onto. Yeah, and we all did. A there fucking a, generation enough, did.
0: Like fun kid shit to where I'm not afraid of it. And oh, by the way, like
1: all subsequent generations still love this movie. Like, I don't think anybody has been like lost boys is a piece of shit. Right. Like everybody loves this movie and they probably get a little bit more of an eighties kick out of it. than you know, we did living in that era, Yeah. which by the way, I want to clear this up real quick. I see this a lot on, on um, the, uh, the socials. Um, there's a lot of kids claiming to like, they'll call themselves eighties kids. Right. 80s kids doesn't mean that you were born in 87. That doesn't make you, you're a 90s <laughs> you are kid. A 90s kid,
0: yeah. 80
1: like it's like I was born in 1975. I don't consider myself a 70s kid. Right. I'm an 80s kid because I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. Like strange as that logic may be, <laughs> you know, difficult to follow. But um, yeah. And you so, grew up though. It's your yeah, yeah. It's like that's the yeah the the decade that you grew up in is what kid you are. And yeah. I'm not. But what I'm saying is is not. I'm not trying to be exclusive or, or chitty. I'm saying that like this movie is great that it appeals to like everybody. Yeah. Even parents like this. No parents had a problem with their kids watching lost boys. No. And, um, but yet there was enough in there. There was a little bit of a sex scene. Weird as it was, there was some violence. There was, um, I don't know. Is there any, there's some profanity, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Like uh, even so. Corey Haim says some stuff. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know, but um, and uh, by the way, I'm sorry we did not mention Nanook their their uh, oh yeah dog dog Nanook named after donate the yellow snow Nanook is uh, an Inuit uh, mythological character that was it's a polar bear yeah and it is the one that judges like the fortune of hunters in the the tribe so they kind of like oversee like the the tribe of hunters oh okay so which makes sense yeah you know um, but yeah
0: I just know. I'm- from a Frank Zappa song. Is there one? Yeah. Ned Nook of the North. That's well, Watch Out Where the Huffies Have you ever go seen and that don't movie? You eat that yellow snow.
1: Have you ever seen that movie?
0: No, like it's the a, old documentary thing. From
1: like, do you know what year it's from?
0: When they invented cameras? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so <laughs> It's weird like one to of the first that. documentaries, <laughs> I think. Literally,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, all in all, God, we. I I loved watching this again. I a lot of times I'll get excited for movies that we're going to watch for the show, and I it's fun when you know that you're going to like it. And um, I knew that I would. I hadn't seen it in forever, and yeah. If anybody's listening to this, and they're like, "I know the Lost Boys," I've seen that a million times. Like, you no, know, watch it yeah.
0: again. Watch you it. You haven't watched it recently. Yeah, do it. It's fun. Unless you're our friend Ruth, who I may have. Should publicly apologize apparently we did tell her she could be a guest if we ever did lost boys but this came together rather quickly um but i was reminded of this last night it's simply by what uh she and nancy were outside they uh, they built like a fire outside and we're having uh, some wine and cheese as all adult women do and i just walked <laughs> outside and just went crap. Little sister, and she boom was on it with a thou shalt not fall. And I was like, Oh, she knows that pretty well. And then Nancy's like, You told her you remember when you signed that contract in blood. Yeah, and when she said that, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that was like two weeks ago. I said that, wasn't it? Well, let's so sorry,
1: Ruth. Let me pile on to that. And sorry, Caroline Herrera or Herrera, um, that. She was the one that suggested audition. Audition, yes. We and I and Sorry, shamefully Caroline. did not mention Caroline's name. Um, uh, she's a big fan of the show, friend of the show, and a fellow actor. And she suggested audition. And I'm so glad that she did because it absolutely fucking kicks ass. And so thank you, Caroline, for that. And thank yeah. you for listening. We love you. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ruth, God, I will get you on for God's sake. Yeah. Once we got some just technical can't do things. three
0: mics yet, I'm trying, I'm Yeah, trying, you'll get there, but the, you know, equipment, unfortunately is not free. I wish it were. Let's have Dr. Brian fly out here and hook that shit up. He wouldn't know how to do that. That's more Carl. Oh, is it? Carl can do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I asked him already and he's like, No, you can't do what you want to do with that. Oh boy. Yeah. So Oh, you gotta buy something. That's what you're getting yes, at. Yes, that's oh. what I'm getting at. Yes. We still don't have the equipment to do. Think Although t- <laughs> I do have a like a mixer that has more than two inputs on it. Unfortunately that cannot input into the computer. If you're interested directly. in
1: becoming a patron of the show, <laughs>
0: <laughs> please do. <laughs> Only if you're an audio engineer. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if you have money. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good way to yeah, get right. money. Yeah. yeah. But,
1: but we're um, going to need about
0: 50 more patrons. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm glad that we covered this um, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And I encourage you to go back and watch it again. Um, we have. Uh, oh, God, we I thought that we had more time, but we have not. Oh, yeah, We did. We what? did. Decide what we're going to do next. Oh yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Next up, nineteen seventy six, The Omen. Boom. A movie again. I've not seen in a long time, but I've only seen that one once. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna like it. Oh yeah, it's. I crazy. liked it when I saw it,
1: and maybe I, I'm just I'm just taking a wild guess here. I never ever ever want to second guess younger generations because they always surprise me with how literate they are with stuff that I would think that is maybe too old for them. And I always eat my hat when, you know, they just come legit with, with all kinds of, of knowledge of, of things that I would shamefully never, you know, have expected them to know. But I feel that The Omen might be a movie that maybe has uh, withered a little bit as far as like buzz over the Um, last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. People have heard of it. Sure. Well, yeah. They've heard of it.
0: Satanism, not really the nail biter it used to be. (laughs) No, not really. Yeah. 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 Like nowadays, it's like, I'm the son of the devil. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Or like, you know, once there was this sort of mass exodus from Christianity, it kind of like cuts the balls off of like Satanism. You right. Know? Yeah. Like um it but it's hey, not as powerful as we thought. It was it was a thing. And uh and it's a great thing. So you're in saying the Satan
0: is like Santa Claus? Like you have to believe in him in order for him to have his power. Yeah. Um, and cool. there are yeah. And uh So there you go, terrified Christians. Just stop <laughs> believing in Satan. You <laughs> know, you no problems. Uh but no I'm excited to cover that.
1: It's an excellent film. It's not only Spooky, it's a really well made film. And our
0: second David Warner film in as many months. Yeah. If
1: you were ever Someday like. Someday we'll do Time
0: Bandits or Tron.
1: If you were ever like, God, I know that guy from something, uh, this might be
0: the thing that you know him yeah. from. Yeah. Or Tron. Or Probably Tron. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Depending, yeah. Are you an 80s kid? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> Depending on your definition. If you're a 90s kid, no. Right. You do not know him from Tron. You don't know who he is. No. You're going to know after this movie,
1: though. Yeah. It's great. Um, and, uh, and there'll probably be a lot of cultural references to Damien and things like that, that you'll learn and, and now be able to join in the fun of. So looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. So join us next week for the Omen 1976. Please check out our website. I'm not going to list the things anymore. Okay. Just like sh- it when you do. All right. I've gotten complaints. Really? Well, for one person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't please like, everybody. Yeah, for some reason, like, where we're rattling off socials, that's the low part of the show. But it's at the very end, so it's fine. Yeah. So please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, SlumberPodcast, gmail.com. Check out our Twitch channel, our YouTube page, uh, my Letterboxd uh, account, which is Cascadia Bound, uh, our Instagram, all that shit. That's all we have. Um, a huge thank to our patrons. You help make this show possible. We couldn't do it without you. Tim do you have anything else to say about the Lost Boys? Well, not the Lost Boys, but I will say that
1: while we don't I don't want to get us in hot water here, um, but we have been really enjoying these listener requests and and it's and we've been able to churn out some rather quickly. It won't always work that way, but that has been like a nice inspiration and it's also cool because it lets us know that people are listening and that they're excited. So keep those requests coming. We
0: have got a new like fresh chunk, but I don't want to, like, jump on them right away. Okay. i got some really cool suggestions that I'm like, oh, these would be nice. Oh, tuck away. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay. Uh, Okay, wow. So this is great because this is the one time this actually fits. Bye, little sister.